0: Song worship his own name, sing like never before in all song I worship your holy name, the sun comes up. Today, darling, it's time to sing your song. Yeah. His holy name Sing like never before O oh my soul I worship your holy name You're rich in love and your soul Thousand reasons for my heart to find. Bless the Lord of oh my soul, oh my soul. My time has come Still my soul will see Your place unending Ten thousand years and been
1: Let's go back to verse 1, Pete. Can you put that back up for us? You know, sometimes it's easy to sing a song and not actually look at the words that we're singing, isn't it? Um, And, you know, as I was singing through this verse 1, it it just kind of hit me. Uh, The sun comes up. It's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. And whatever may pass and whatever lies before me. Let me be singing when the evening comes. On you know, Sunday school this morning uh, with the teens, we were talking from looking at Philippians 4 um, to rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. And that's not an easy thing to do, is it? To rejoice always. Uh, maybe right now you're in a place where you're not really, you don't really feel like rejoicing. Um, there's a lot that's on your shoulders. Um, I like to sing verse one in the chorus again from that perspective. And, and whatever you're going through, just give it to the Lord and realize that, that God is in control. The sun comes up. The sun comes up.
0: It's a new day, darling. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass, and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh.
1: Your name. Lord we ask that Father you take whatever's on our hearts On our shoulders, on our minds Father and help us to remember to lay them at your feet In Jesus name, amen You may be seated
2: Well, this is the month that so many people make New Year's resolutions. Someone has said that every year about 50% of Americans make a resolution to lose weight, to exercise more, to quit smoking. And yet by June, 97% have failed. All of their efforts proved to be a flash in the pan. But even more important or more significant than that are Christians who claim the name of Jesus, who claimed Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but their lives show no change. We've been looking at a series entitled Changed from the Inside Out, that we are to live our lives worthy of the Lord. And last week we looked at being humble and gentle and patient, bearing with one another in love. Because we are changed on the inside, we should reflect that in the way we behave, the way we speak, the way we think. But where do we find that strength? Where do we find the ability to be able to be gentle? Where do we find the power To be able to be patient with one another. We want to look this morning at where we find the enablement. Where do we find that ability to be able to live like God intends for us to live? We've been called to be like Jesus, to be Christ-like. But where do I find the power to do that? I believe the Bible says that you don't have to look for the power. But the power already is in us. That the power and the strength and the ability that we're speaking about is something that we already have. It's just that sometimes we don't understand that. That we have in us everything we need to live out our faith and work out our salvation in the person of Jesus Christ. You see, in us lives Jesus. And when we trusted Him to become our Savior, and we came into that family of God, the Bible says that Christ comes to indwell us. That we do, in fact, have within us the Spirit of Christ. And so it's not that we pull ourselves up by the bootstraps or we muster up enough strength to be patient or to be humble, or to bear with one another. But we depend upon, and we rely upon, the strength of Christ that indwells us. Take your Bibles, if you have them, please, and turn with me once again to the book of Ephesians. Uh, We're staying in Ephesians chapter 4, and... We want to look at a couple of verses this morning, and the first verse is found in verse seven, and this verse teaches us that every Christian can change, that every Christian can change. We often think that, you know, I don't know that I can really break that habit. I don't really know that I can be patient with that person. Well, I want to say something this morning, and it is that you can change. Don't ever come to that feeling where I just can't do that. Every Christian can change. Look at verse 7 of chapter 4. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Grace has been given to each one of us. You see, not only do we have saving grace, which we read about over in chapter 2, where Paul says this. He says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and it's not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. God has shown us saving faith, but God also gives to us Serving grace. Jesus gives to each one of us the supernatural ability to pass grace on to others, to show gentleness, to be patient. We are the channels through whom others are strengthened and encouraged and built up. Did you know that? That God has placed you in the body of Christ in order that you might encourage and strengthen and build up other Christians. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 7, if you just look across the page, Paul says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of His power. Now the subject of Ephesians 4 is is not gifts, but gifted men given to the church. If you jump down to verse 11 of chapter 4, notice what Paul says. He says, so Christ gave Himself gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers in order to equip His people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up. We've all been given this supernatural ability, the power to be able to live worthy lives, to live like Jesus. And God has gifted us so that we can instill in others and empower them and strengthen them and encourage them and build them up God has gifted men and God has gifted women and placed them in the church put you right here in this church in order that you might serve others and build them up We dare never say that we dare we cannot change Each one of us has been given that grace that we might give it away to others. And then we come to verses 8, 9, and 10. And this is a... You know, sometimes in the Bible, (laughs) you know, you read it and you understand it. Other times in the Bible, you read it and you scratch your head and you say... What in the world has just been said? There are some portions of Scripture that it doesn't take a great deal of study and research to understand what the writer is saying. There are other portions of Scripture that, boy, it takes hours on end to really figure out what the author needs to say. Well, these verses are those verses that it takes a long time, at least it did for me, to figure out what in the world is being said. And how does this apply to what we've been saying? That we are to live out our faith, that we are to be patient with one another, that we are to bear with one another in love. Well, you listen, and maybe you, like me, maybe you'll say, What in the world did you just read? I hope by the end of this sermon, uh, you have a better understanding and you understand why this is placed where it is. Uh, So look at verses 8 through 10. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly realms. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. And so I scratch my head and I say, now, Paul, you, you just were speaking about grace that was given to everyone in verse 7. Uh, We go down to verse 11. Christ gave apostles. He gave gifted men to the church. And now you're talking about this ascension and descension. What is being said here, Paul? Why Why are these verses sandwiched between verses that we understand readily? Well, let's try to figure this thing out. Paul actually... Quotes from Psalm 68. Now, you know that we need to compare Scripture with Scripture. And you also know that sometimes we can go to the Old Testament and we can find information that helps us to understand the New Testament. So, we're going to do that this morning. Uh, We're going to go back to Psalm 68. And I want to read a number of the verses found here because. It helps us to understand why Paul includes this right here where he does. Psalm 68, go back to Psalm 68, and I think when we get to the end of this psalm, you'll understand why Paul quoted from this text. Psalm 68, look at verse 11. Remember, what Paul has just quoted in Ephesians chapter 4 is that the very heart of of our transformation. It's at the very heart of us becoming Christ-like. So this whole ascension and descension thing is something that's awfully important. We just need to figure out what it means. So, Psalm 68, verse 11. The Lord announces the word, and the women who proclaim it are a mighty throng. Kings and armies, they flee in haste. The women at home they divide the plunder. Even when you sleep among the sheep pens, the wings of my dove are sheathed with silver, in feathers that it, its feathers with shining gold. When the Almighty scattered the kings of the land, it was like snow fallen on Mount Zalman. In these verses, God is announcing beforehand that there would be victory over the Canaanite kings. God is announcing victory over the kings of Canaan. And he says that the Israelites, they can rest in the camp. That they don't even have to go into battle. But before they do, they can know that God is promising them victory over battle. That God is promising them that they will be conquerors when they march on the field. Now remember that. God is announcing beforehand victory on the battlefield. Look at verse 17. The chariots of God are tens of thousands and thousands of thousands The Lord has come from Sinai into a sanctuary. Now look at verse 18. This is the quote of Paul. When you ascended on high, you took many captives and you received gifts from the people, even from the rebellious, that you, Lord God, might dwell there. This idea in verse 17 of the chariots of God, God's great heavenly host is being likened to a force of chariots. Do you remember when Jesus, we spoke of this, I believe it was last week, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and the great mobs, they came to arrest him. And Peter, he picks up the sword to do battle to stop these mobs from arresting his master. And Jesus stops Peter and says, No, Peter, I could have called 12 legions of angels i could have called on the heavenly host of god to come and help but the time is not right here we have spoken in verse 17 the great heavenly hosts that are likened to this force of chariots and then after this great triumph on the field of battle we see in verse 18 the king Now, being victorious, the great king, who is a conqueror, he leads a great processional, this great celebration of joy, having been victorious down on the field. And the king ascends to Jerusalem, and behind him is a great following of the soldiers who conquered in battle. And behind them are the prisoners that have been taken captive. Look at verse 19. Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our our burdens. Our God is a God who saves. From the sovereign Lord comes escape from death. Surely God will crush the heads of his enemies the hairy crowns of those who go on their sins. The Lord says, I will bring them from Bashan. I will bring them from the depths of the sea, that your feet may wade in the blood of your foes while the tongues of your dogs have their share. Again, this joyous confession of hope, the hope of the great victories of God's campaigns, that they might continue until the salvation of God's people is complete. So what is being said here? We have victory after victory after victory. That God comes through on behalf of His people. That although they go into the, onto the battlefield, God says beforehand, I will give you strength. I will give you power. I will give you victory. Down on the field. Now come back to Ephesians chapter 4. The picture we have here in Psalm 68 is a picture of a victorious king. A king who is leading this great processional They're marching on to Zion, the beautiful city of God. This king who has just come through a horrendous battle, but has been victorious. And as they march on to Zion, with joyful celebration, behind the king are his troops. The troops in shining armor, along with these soldiers, are the prisoners of war. In chains, in great humility. This is a time of great celebration for the victors, but great sadness and defeat for the enemy. Now, with all of that in mind, that's the context of Psalm 68. Now we bring all of that to Ephesians chapter 4. And we read in verse 8, when He, King Jesus, Christ is being spoken of in verse 7, when He, the King now is Jesus, when He ascended on high, He took many captives and gave gifts to His people. Here is Jesus ascending into heaven Jesus ascends into heaven and there the Bible says he sits at the right hand of God the Father, exalted, triumphant, and victorious. A tremendous battle had just taken place on earth and it was on a hill called Calvary when the Bible says that Jesus conquered the enemy, that he already won And now he sits at the right hand of God in all his exaltation. Back in Colossians chapter 2, it tells us when this great triumph took place. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15, it says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. It was on the cross that Jesus shattered the forces of the enemy. That most likely is what is referred to as captives in verse 8 of Ephesians 4. He shattered the enemy. He shattered the enemy. The spiritual enemies he defeated on the cross. So here is Jesus. It speaks of King Jesus as descending on high ascending to the right hand of God the Father in all his exaltation and victory, having defeated in battle the spiritual enemy. Now think about that for a moment. You know what's interesting is is that everything that happened to Jesus can be applied to me. As I come to Point number three, and this is, I hope, where things might make sense. I know that was a lot to chew. That was a mouthful. But we need to believe that we can change. The Bible says when we trusted Christ, there, there, there was a union that was formed between Jesus and us. That He indwells us. That we are part of His body. That's who we are. That's the relationship that we have with Christ. And that everything that Jesus accomplished on the cross and in the resurrection, it all applies to me. It all applies to you. When Jesus died for sin, I died to sin. When Jesus was raised victorious, I was raised victorious. Now that Jesus sits at the right hand of God the Father, now you're saying to yourself, you're not going to tell me that I'm sitting with Jesus at the right hand of God the Father, are you? Look at Ephesians 2.6. Ephesians 2.6 says this, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. What Jesus accomplished at the cross in the resurrection, in his exaltation is applied to us. Jesus already defeated the enemy. He already won the battle. He sits now victorious at the right hand of God the Father. And so we too, we have that same strength, that same power, That's why I began this sermon saying that we have everything we need because everything we need is found in Jesus and He accomplished it all for us. We now draw on His strength. We draw on His power. We recognize that we already have won the battle. And through our union with the exalted Christ, We have already been made the beneficiaries of every spiritual blessing that belongs to and comes from the heavenly realm. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing. We are the beneficiaries of these blessings we are the beneficiaries of all that christ has accomplished he already was victorious he already won the battle and so because of the union we have with christ we too have won we too are victorious as we draw upon the power and strength of jesus the bottom line of all of this is that on the cross Jesus shattered the forces of the enemy. He ascended to God's right hand. He now sits exalted and victorious. And this same Jesus lives in you. This same Jesus that did all of that lives in you. That's why I say we can change. We all never say I, I can't change or I can't help the way I am. I've, I've tried everything and it just doesn't seem to work for me. But Jesus, Christ lives in you. And so we draw upon his strength. We draw upon his power. The ability to change doesn't lie in us. It alli- It. it lies in him and we need to draw from him jesus is the almighty the victorious the omnipotent god and he is the one who has given to us the ability the enablement to be able to change from the inside out the praise team in just a moment It's going to come and we're going to sing of that great victory. Victory in Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we bow before your throne amazed, amazed at what Jesus has accomplished and to think that all of his accomplishments applies to us. That we too have died to sin. That we too, Lord, we reign victorious. We too are seated at the right hand of God the Father. Father, we thank you for the omnipotent Jesus who indwells us. Help us to believe, Lord, that we can change, drawing upon your strength. Not our own, Father, but yours. Again, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Change us. Father, change us, we pray in Jesus' name amen
0: and I heard an old old story how a Savior came from glory how he gave his life on Calvary to save a rest like me and I heard about of His precious blood, us holding. Then I repented of my sin. Won the victory, oh victory, in Jesus, my Savior, forever. He sang. His cleansing now revealing How He made the name to walk again And, and He caused the to blind see. to see and, and then I cried, dear Jesus Come and, and heal, heal my broken spirit And somehow Jesus came and brought to me victory The victory in Jesus, let's sing it again The only oh, <laughs> victory my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. She loved me ere I knew him and all oh my love is to him. He plunged me to misery beneath the cleansing blood. And I heard about a mansion He has built for me in glory And I heard about the streets of gold Beyond the crystal sea About the angels singing And the old redemption story And some sweet day I'll sing A feather's the me. Oh, victory at Jesus, my Savior forever He sought me and bought me and with His redeeming blood Still of fear I knew Him and all my love is to Him he, he plunged me to victory the cleansing cloud He loved me ere I knew him and all my life
2: you. You are dismissed. If you must leave, uh, we are going to have a business meeting in just a short period of time. If you can stay, please stay. But if you must leave, uh, you are dismissed. Mike, good to see you. <laughs> good to see you, darling.